Good to have you with us. Welcome to Desert Breeze Community Church. Uh, we're going to talk about vision and, and uh, mission and vision about Desert Breeze this morning. If you have your Bibles, we're continuing to work our way through 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 2, we'll be looking at verses 21 through 25, and then we'll jump to chapter 3, verse 18. This is our CrossFit teaching series, Finding Wholeness in a Broken World. We're talking about the good news. You guys know what good news is. It's the gospel. The gospel means good news, and so we're going to talk about that this morning. I am so excited you're here. It's a great day, great weekend, and uh, I know that God has something for each and every one of us. Take a look at your sermon notes, mission statement of Desert Breeze. Desert Breeze Community Church exists to provide a place where unchurched people, stop there just for a minute, everybody look up here. Unchurched means uh, both Christians and non-Christians. There's about 200,000 people within a five-mile radius of Desert Breeze that would be classified in this category of being unchurched. And, uh, and so we want to reach unchurched people. There's plenty of folks in this community, 200,000 at least, maybe more. A lot of times when they do those surveys, people kind of answer those surveys based on what is known as a halo effect. They always kind of give themselves uh, more props than what they deserve, and a lot of times people say, oh yeah, I attend church, and then if you were to look at their attendance, they probably really don't, maybe Christmas and Easter. And, uh, and so they would be classified as unchurched. They're really not connected to a local church family, so there's a lot of folks out here in this community. And so that's our mission statement. We want to provide a place where unchurched people can become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. That is absolutely the best life ever you could ever experience is by being fully devoted to Jesus Christ. John 10.10 10 is our theme verse here, not the first part of that. First part of that verse wouldn't be a good theme, would it? The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Welcome to Desert Breeze Community Church. <laughs> you know, it's, that's not a good one. But the second part of that, but the first part is really important to understand. The second part, the second part is our theme because it says Jesus came that we might have life and have it to the what? Fullest, yeah. But it's in the context of the fact that the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. That's a commentary of this fallen world. We see that happening all around us. This place is a mess, and yet he invades our pathetic plight with his presence, peace, and power, and it's pretty amazing. Now, how does the enemy come against us to try to keep us from being fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ? I put a couple verses there on your notes. 2 Corinthians 4.8, it says he blinds the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel, the glory of Christ. So he keeps unbelievers from seeing the beauty and the glory of Christ, from being captivated by blinding their minds, their, their eyes, their hearts. How does he lead astray believers? Well, that's also found in the same book, 2 Corinthians 11.3. He leads astray. Paul says, I'm afraid that as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, that somehow your minds may be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Jesus. So he's working in both believer, uh, unbelievers and believers to try to lead us astray, to take us away from seeing the beauty and the glory of who Jesus is. He wants you to make life about you. He wants you to live for your glory as opposed to making life about God and living for His glory. He wants you to find something in creation that is more desirable, more attractive, more satisfying than the Creator. That's what He's working to do to lead us astray from this full devotion to Jesus Christ. Now, full devotion to Jesus Christ is uh, what brings the 
um, fullness of life. So those are one and the same pursuit. So if you want fullness of life, it comes as a result of full devotion to Jesus Christ. Full devotion to Jesus Christ produces fullness of life. I mean, they, they happen simultaneously as you are looking to him, pursuing him. Fullness of life really has to do with uh, finding our deepest satisfaction in him. And full devotion to Christ has, to be, has a lot to do with our, us glorifying him. We were created to bring glory to God. God is most glorified in us when we are what? Most satisfied in him. Being satisfied in him is, uh, is fullness of life. Bringing glory to him through our satisfaction in him is that full devotion to Jesus Christ. That's, we're going to talk about how that works out in our lives. What does that look like? We have a 5G process. It's our discipleship process, and I'm going to take you through this. But before we do that, I want you to really understand what the gospel is about. Gospel is, is totally amazing. Unbelievable. And uh, so I'm going to read our text in just a moment. But before we do that, would you bow your heads with me? Let's pray, and uh, then we'll dive in our text. God, we are excited to be here today. We love you. We thank you for the time that we've already had just uh, through song, worship, connecting with you. And God, we want to learn how to be fully devoted to you. We want to experience more and more of this fullness of life in you. We want to find our deepest satisfaction in you. We want to be a place here at Desert Breeze where unchurched people can become fully devoted followers of you. So God, I know for that to happen, we need to be fully devoted followers of you. So teach us what that means. Help us to learn how to walk with you, live your word, contribute to your work, and make an impact in this world all for your glory. We pray these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said... Amen. Take a look at the text. We've been working our way through 1 Peter. And let me just say, and you've heard me say this many times before, and I don't get tired of saying it because it's true and it's always going to be true. If the gospel isn't the most amazing message you've ever heard, then you haven't heard it. If the gospel message isn't the most amazing message you've ever heard, then you haven't heard it. And in fact, about what I'm going to read here this is about God's love. His love is a love this world has never known. When you understand the gospel, the gospel really gives us uh, that, uh, that acceptance, security, and significance that we've all been longing for and pursuing our whole life. It's not found in creation. It's found in the creator. And so the text here uh, is just, just flat-out gospel message and uh, let me read, starting at verse 21. And what you're going to find, keep in mind the context here. Uh, we just learned last week a little bit about submission, submission to authority, to uh, less than ideal government, and then also less than ideal employer, and how to live in a pagan world or in a hostile world or a non-Christian world. How do we do that? And we talked a little bit about these verses that we're, we're, gonna, we're learning how to overcome evil with good. And so you see that in these verses, but Jesus is establishing for us, he is our, our standard for suffering. The Bible promises that if we're going to follow Jesus, we're going to suffer. Didn't want to hear that, did you? It's, it goes with the territory. It goes with, uh, with uh, following him and, and living in a fallen world. Just living in a fallen world, you're going to suffer, but, but following Christ is going to bring a measure of suffering, and he, Jesus is the standard for suffering, but also we're going to see that he's our substitute for the ultimate suffering, that is, our being eternally separated from God. He took our place. He paid our sin debt in full. And then we're also going to see that he's our shepherd to help us in our suffering in these verses. 
And uh, you'll also see in verses 24 and 25 some excerpts from the phenomenal chapter in the Old Testament, uh, Isaiah 53, which is a powerful uh, prophecy about our suffering Messiah, our Savior, and what he did for us. Let me begin reading verse 21. For to this you have been called, oh, there it is, this you've been called, so this is telling us, going to talk to us about suffering, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example, There's, there it is, he's our standard, he's our model for how we are to respond, so that when people look at our lives, people would infer through the good, the bad, the ugly of our lives, that Jesus is more valuable than anything in life. And so leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps, he committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, when people speak, spoke vile things to him, hateful things, he did not revile, he did not respond with hateful things in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly, the Father. So I know some of you are going through suffering. It's difficult. And yet you can entrust your life in the Father's hands. He is with you. He is for you. He is not against you. He loves you. And so as you learn to suffer well, that's the, that, will do, that will make a distinction in your life from others. You're going to learn to suffer well because you're, you're following him as the standard. And, then it, and it's because that he is our substitute. He says he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin. The essence of sin is thinking that there's anything more satisfying on this planet earth than God. Everything else is kind of symptomatic of that. We sin when we, we're not satisfied with Christ. We pursue all these crazy things more so than Christ. And so we're going to die to sin and live for righteousness, live for that right relationship we have with him that's been imputed to us, and now it's in the process of being imparted to us as he's transforming our life. It's called sanctification. By his wounds, you have been healed. That's a, an excerpt from Isaiah 53. And now he's going to go from, so he goes from standards, Jesus is our standard for suffering, and then to, he's our substitute for the ultimate suffering. So therefore, uh, when we feel alone, we're not, because he will never leave us or forsake us. Jesus was forsaken on the cross for our sake, so that we will never be forsaken. And therefore, we've got verse 25, for he is our shepherd to help us in our suffering, for you were straying like sheep. Have you ever noticed how the Bible characterizes us as sheep? Do you guys like that? You okay with that? You know sheep aren't, it's not, you know, it's not, not very good characterization. What does the Bible call us sheep? Because we're dumb, defenseless, and diseased, that's why, and that's what sheep are. I mean, we're, def we're defenseless. Have you ever heard of a... You know, anybody call their team as a mascot, as a sheep? Is it like a fighting sheep? Whoa! Look out, they'll attack you. Have you ever heard of an attack sheep? A lot of times, immediately people say, well, what about rams? Well, they're, they're not even in that category of sheep. They're, they're in a different group. But sheep are dumb, defenseless, and diseased. And so when the more you understand that, the more you, need, you realize you need the shepherd. But here's the cool thing about the shepherd, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall lack nothing. <laughs> Yes. And so this is what he's saying. He says, for we were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of our souls. That's our tendency is to stray away from our shepherd. You got one sheep that goes off the cliff. Guess what? 
they all follow. I mean, they just like right after them. That doesn't look so bad as they go over the, you know, as they go right, sorry, that was bad. Bad. That was really bad. But they just goes, they, they, they follow one right after the other, just right over the cliff. I mean, look at our society today. I see that all around us. People just going right off the cliff, chasing this thing and that person and Verse 18, chapter 3, for Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous. So he's the righteous, we're the unrighteous. Why? That he might bring us to God. We have God. We have God in our lives because of what Jesus Christ has done, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. This is the word of the Lord to us this morning. And so how does this work out? How does the gospel message work out in our lives. Let me read to you a story that's been one of my favorite stories to help us to embrace this and understand this. Ernest Gordon was a British soldier in World War II. He was captured by the Japanese and and was made to work with thousands of others on what was called the Death Railroad, which was a railroad along the valley of, of the Kwai River in Thailand. Anybody ever see the classic movie Bridge Over the River Kwai? Show of hands. Yeah, a classic movie, pretty interesting movie, good movie. World War, during World War II, POWs were made to work on that railroad. The conditions were so awful that one to 2,000 prisoners died for every five miles that was built. It got so bad that Ernest Gordon in his memoirs said that the men were all at each other's throats. They had gone back to the law of the jungle, and this is what he said, and I quote, death was everywhere, and as conditions worsened, our lives became poisoned by selfishness, lies, hate, and fear. Sound familiar? Formerly, we had huddled together because of our fears, believing there was safety in numbers. We had still shown some consideration for one another, but that was gone, completely swept away. Existence had become a miserable had become so miserable, the odds so heavy against us that nothing mattered except to survive. We lived by the rule of the jungle, read in tooth and claw, the evolutionary law of the survival of the fittest. It was a case of, I look out for myself and to hell with everyone else. Everybody was his own keeper and all the restraints of morality were gone. But one afternoon, something happened. A shovel was missing at the end of the day. The officer in charge became enraged. He demanded that the missing shovel be produced or else. But when no one in the squadron volunteered that they had taken the shovel, the officer took his gun out and threatened to kill every one of them on the spot. Suddenly, one man stepped forward. I took it, he said. The officer put away his gun, picked up a shovel, and beat the man to death on the spot. But at the second tool check, this time no shovel was missing. There had actually been a miscount at the first check. The word spread like wildfire through the whole camp. An innocent man was willing to die to save everyone else. The the incident had a huge effect. We began to treat each other like brothers. Another man was caught trading with the local people, the Thai 
uh, for medicines for a dying comrade and was sentenced to death, but he submitted to it, reading from a little Bible, cheering up the chaplain right before his execution. Death was still with us, no doubt about that, but we were being slowly freed from its destructive grip, end of quote. His memoirs. So what happened? The sacrificial love of one man giving his life for the rest changed a jungle into a community. The sacrificial love of one man changed a jungle into a community. And that was just a human being. Jesus Christ gave his life for you. He gave his life for you. He stepped forward and was beaten into the ground to save us of our sins. See, that's the gospel. When I say, if the gospel message isn't the most amazing message you've ever heard, then you haven't heard it. I mean, it's captivating. When you're, when you're captivated by Christ's sacrificial love for you, I mean, you have to love God and people. Not because you have to, but because you can't help it. I mean, you just, you just want to love God. You want to love people. You've never been more free or fulfilled. I mean, that's just it. That's it. So, so how does that work out in our lives? Um, and so look on your notes. In order to become fully devoted followers of Christ, we encourage and provide for growth through the following stages of Christian maturity. Now, we're going to walk through five levels of commitment. Yes, I'm using the word commitment in our individualistic uh, society here in America. We don't want to be committed to anything. I don't want to be tied to anything. And yet, the Bible talks about commitment. And so we're going to talk about commitment. And, and you need to know something about commitment. Knowing Christ is so infinitely valuable that you'll gladly give up everything to have him, to experience more of him, and to tell the world about him. If you don't, it's because you haven't really connected with him like you could or should. Whatever you give up or lose to follow him is nothing. I mean, it's absolutely nothing compared to what you gain in him. And so as I work through these levels of commitment, five levels of commitment, of full devotion to Christ, of those that are really living fullness of life, uh, that's what it requires. Each one of these require a level of commitment and shows your, your growth and maturity. Now, uh, how many have ever seen the, the Gatorade commercial where it actually uh, says this? It, it, it asks, is it in you? Gatorade commercial. And it shows athletes literally sweating Gatorade out of their pores. Anybody ever see that commercial before? It's kind of gross, isn't it? You see that? Look at that. What's and so they're saying, is it in you? And, and the whole point is, since Gatorade is inside of them, it naturally pours out of them. To the degree that the gospel is inside of you, inside of you, captivating you is to the degree that it's going to pour out of you. It's going to do it in five different ways. You're going to be a genuine, growing, giving, going, all for God's glory kind of Christian. You're going to walk with God, live his word, contribute to his work, and make an impact in this world all for his glory. That's that 5G process we take people through to full devotion to Christ. Let's, let's take a look at this. And so here's the... Uh, Here's the first one, genuine Christian. Most of you probably already knew that because if you've gone through Game of Life, you knew that and... We probably don't talk about these enough, but this is that first level of commitment. It's commitment to Christ and to a local church family. John 1.12, it says, to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, to be a child of God. Oh my goodness, that is amazing. In itself, if you really walk through the implications of that. So if we receive him and believe in him, so that's making a commitment to Christ, but, but also 
uh, it's a commitment to a local church family, Acts 2.42. What you see of those that became Christians is immediately they are, they're consistently diligent in the apostles' teaching, breaking of bread, fellowship, and prayer. So they're, they're committed to a local church family. So this is what you need to understand about faith, because I hear people say this all the time. Well, I believe in God. Okay, great. So what does that mean? And they can't really explain it. Well, and, and if, if they were to describe it, it would be kind of like this mental ascent. They kind of believe that he's there somewhere, but they've never really made a commitment. See, faith actually involves truth about who Jesus is and what he's done for you, entering your head, coming into your head, igniting your heart, so it starts head, heart, and then outworking through your hands. It's going to make a difference in how you live your life. Otherwise, it's not real faith. It's just a mental ascent. That kind of faith is not going to save you. It's not going to help you through the difficult times. And so it involves this commitment that involves your whole being. And part of that is, uh, is a commitment to a local church family. Um, when I was on the fire department, I, I, I always, initially, I wanted to work at some pretty busy stations because I wanted to be right in the middle of the action just for the experience and, and just to see what's going on. And, and uh, even more so as a pastor, I always thought, and when the Lord got a hold of my heart, I wanted to be right in the middle of the action. Where do you think the, where the action is? Where's the action as it relates to what God is up to on this planet Earth? Anybody? It's a church. It's a local church family. It's, it's local church families like Desert Breeze. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. Well, what are you talking about? He's talking about local church families. In fact, when you study in, in, the, in the New Testament, when it talks about the church, it uses this word ecclesia, called out ones. Out of the 115 times that word is used for church, 92 of those times it's talking about a local church family. So out of 115, 92 local church family, that's what God is about and so, I mean, I've had a front row seat as a pastor to see what God does best, and that's transform people's lives through the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's amazing. I love it. I absolutely love it. It's in the local church families, all over the valley, all over the state, all over the world. That's where he's doing his work, through local church families. And uh, what would you say to somebody that says to you, well, I can be a Christian and I don't have to be committed to a local church family. Well, how would you respond to that? What, what was that? Liar? Somebody say liar. Uh, so you just lost a friend. Okay. Uh, <laughs> liar, you're not really a believer. Well, hey, you know, it depends on the closeness of your relationship. That'd probably be something that I would probably say to them. But uh, you liar, you're not a believer. Uh, I'm a pastor. Uh, you don't know what you're talking about. But uh, I probably wouldn't do that either. But um, no, what would you say? I mean, uh, I mean, as you think about that, it, I can be a Christian and not be connected to a local church family. Uh, by the way, show of hands, how many have friends that, that actually say that? They're not currently connected. Look at all the hands. So there's a lot of unchurched people out there that are Christians then maybe, and, and I understand, maybe they've been disillusioned by the church, maybe they've been hurt by the church, I understand that. I have too. <laughs> I have too. Disillusioned, hurt, all of the above. I'm not giving up. I'm not quitting. Because this, where, this is the action, man. This is right in the middle of the action. I'm not giving up on the bride because Jesus gave his life for the bride. And so I'm going to continue to, okay, that's not the right way. And I've kind of participate in that. Let's try to do it. Let's do it right. Let's follow Jesus. Let's keep our eyes on him. And um, that's important. I would say that, that they're probably not going to be healthy. 
They're not going to be healthy. They're not obedient. And they're not reading the Bible. And they're probably really not following Jesus because Jesus is madly in love with his, his bride, the church, and that would be demonstrated through the local church family. And, um, and so it's commitment to Christ and to a local church family. Let me talk to you a little bit about... Um, about this local church family is that we believe here on weekend services that uh, we believe, and this is one of our values, is that heartfelt worship and spirit-anointed teaching is the catalyst for life change. It just kind of gets you started. And uh, we believe that in this service we can reach seekers and build believers. There's this combination. Uh, in the last couple of decades, they were what were classified, and there's still churches in the community that are like this. They're seeker-focused kind of churches. We're seeker-sensitive. We're not focused. And we believe in this service right here, both, both believers and unbelievers can come in here and be fed and touched and loved and, and experience God. And so that's part of our, our philosophy and part of really one of our values. Um, and you need to know this, that uh, this is really crazy just shows you what God's up to, but this uh, right here in 20 years of ministry, this year has been the best, the biggest, most successful ministry year in the history of Desert Breeze Community Church. Isn't that wonderful? Praise God. Praise God. And, and here's the interesting thing about that is that we are up 35% numerically. When we were over in the school, we left the school, Sandra Day O'Connor High School, we were running in the 500s for weekend attendance during the summer, we're pushing close to 900 now. And we're, we're maxing this place out. And we just, we haven't even been in here for a year. God's doing some wonderful things. We're up financially about close to 15%. And so we're on a really um, amazing, not sure, you know, God's doing some pretty, pretty amazing stuff right now in our growth. Let me talk to you a little bit about Dare You to Move. This is a little bit of our vision. Dare You to Move, we did a... a when we moved into the school, we moved out of 17th Avenue and Bell Road. How many are still here with us from 17th Avenue and Bell Road? Okay, cool, cool. The old burned out nightclub. And then we moved to the school where we fought, uh, where we fought scorpions and snakes, which is crazy. Don't miss any of that. It was really a good time for a little Bible. We got out there and we started Dare You to Move, one, and it was to raise some money. And we raised some money while we were out there. And then Dare You to Move, two, was to purchase a building and then build it out. We looked all over the place for a building and couldn't find a place. And this is kind of typical of how God has led us. We could not find a place, and so we came to the guys that own this building and said, hey, we can't find a place, and so and we want to buy, but we can't, and so we'll, we'll come back, and we'll, we need to get out of the school, so we'll lease uh, part of this. And the guys looked at us and said, we didn't know you wanted to buy. We've got a deal for you. In fact, I, we think it'll be a windfall for you. And sure enough, they sat down, we crunched numbers, they presented it to our board of elders, and all of our elders looked at each other, it's almost stunned, like, this is too good to be true. This is actually what God is giving us this. And, and what we figured out is that the, what it was costing us, what it was costing us to lease the little office space and the school uh, in comparison to what it was gonna cost us to purchase this, we were gonna save $10,000 a month in our overhead when we purchased this uh, in our overhead expenses. It was just amazing. It was like, wow, God, you are taking care of us and this is too good to be true. And all the elders said, yeah, let's, let's run with it. And so, so of course, you, you're sitting in the place that uh, we took the money, we bought it. And so we own from Cox all the way around. We've got four leasers, actually, I think three now, but uh, actually four, I think it went back to four, but we've got four and they'll be out in a year and a half 
And so part of phase two, so we've got phase one, get the money, phase two, purchase and build it out. Second part of phase two is that we want to take on the rest of this and then push these walls out and add a couple hundred uh, chairs in here because we need the space and maybe do some work in the parking lot. It's probably going to cost us 900000 or so, a million bucks, but we want to upgrade our children's classrooms and do a lot. We've already raised a, a, close to a couple hundred thousand dollars. Many of you are already giving to Dare You to Move too, and you can get involved in that. Pick up one of these. This talks a little bit more about it, or you can go online and read more about it and, and give regularly. We'll talk more, but here's the deal with Desert Breeze. Uh, we don't beat the sheep here, okay? We, 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 it's not high pressure. We don't even pass a plate. Most people don't even understand that until they come. So it's not about your wallet. It's not about your money. We happen to believe that as we walk through this process that genuine Christians are going to be growing Christians who are giving Christians. So it's a natural overflow of your life, and that's how God has worked here time and time again. So it's been pretty amazing. But you can get, get involved with that process, and that's kind of where we're going. Uh, so that's phase Two, second part of phase two. Phase three is once we build this out and are utilizing this the best we can, then phase three is to pay the place off, get it paid for so we can do more ministry and missions. So just to, and so wouldn't it be amazing though if we could, if we started giving right now and you guys started participating in this and we had the money in hand when we started building this out and we could just pay for it in full for this build out because we need a couple hundred more chairs in here. We're just maxing this place out week in and week out. We don't want to turn people away. We want to reach as many people as we can in the community. And so that's all part, part of that. Um, so what is your next step in becoming, a genuine, in becoming a genuine Christian? It might be just commit your life to Jesus. Come to Christ. Begin to take him seriously. And maybe even beyond that, get connected to a local church family. Maybe just checking out this church family. Here's my heart. Now hear me on this. I'm, I'm just concerned about you following Jesus. In fact, I even wrote down, I am more interested in you following Jesus, even if it means at a church down the street, than following me in Desert Breeze. Follow Jesus. Whether it's here or in another church, commit to him and to a local church family somewhere. And that might be your next step. Or it could be... You're calling this your church home, you want to get more involved, I would invite you to come to the Game of Life class that I, I teach starting in the first week of September, uh, eight weeks, Tuesday nights, uh, 9th, September the 9th, 6.30 to 8.30. I'm going to take you through in more depth our vision values, but more importantly, you're going to hear the gospel presented to you so that you can drive it deep into your heart. I mean, it will be revolutionary for your life. And so I would invite you to come to that class. Um, if maybe you've done that, maybe your next step is baptism. We do a lot of baptisms here. We're going to do another baptism party October the 25th and 26th, the last weekend of October. And more importantly, I'm asking you to follow Jesus. That's the first G, genuine Christian. What's the second G? Yell it out to me. Growing. So if you're genuine, you're going to be growing. This is a commitment to the disciplines necessary for spiritual growth. 1 Peter 1, 1 through 3 says that once you've tasted of his goodness, you're going to want to grow. I mean, like newborn infants, you're going to long for the pure spiritual milk of the word so that you can grow up into your salvation. Second uh, Peter 3.18 talks about growing in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So genuine Christian, uh, you know, really the question that you're answering is what will be the center of my life and the, the biblical word for that is fellowship. It's all about fellowship, commitment to Christ, commitment to a local church family. It's all about relationship. 
This one continues with the relationship. It answers the question, what will be the character of my life? We tend to become like the people we hang out with. So who are you hanging with? And, uh, and the key biblical word is discipleship. And you guys have heard us use this statement before. DB is a place where strangers become friends and friends become what? We become family. I'm going to invite uh, Darren up. He's going to talk to us a little bit about, uh, about being a growing Christian as it relates to small groups. He's over our small groups. Uh. Hello, Desbrees. Hey, it's good seeing you guys today. I, uh, Ray asked me to come talk about, about small groups, and I really am excited about that. Hey, guys. Uh, I'm uh, real, real excited about that because we have a saying here that uh, life change happens best in small groups. And I strongly believe that. I know in my life that is where life change has happened. And I needed a lot of life change, still do. And I'm still doing small groups. So um, it's a, small groups are incredibly important. It's, it's important for non-Christians and Christians. If, if you're not a Christian, um, it, it's a great place to go because you can bring your doubts and your, and your questions and things like that to small group. You can, you know, things like, oh, what's the purpose of life? Why, do, why am I even here? What is Christianity about? Who is God? What has he done? That's where you can find answers to that. And as a Christian, it's, it's hugely important because we know this. You're going to go through good times and you're going to go through some tough times. And, and small group is, is a place to help you walk through that, to, have, to really have soldiers around you. We need soldiers around us. And, and we know that soldiers, they train in times of peace and they train in times of war. And they're, they're training, they're growing. And they, they're, sure, there's some training on their own, but there's a lot of training with this other soldiers around them. And so that's, that's hugely, hugely important. And we know this too, that soldiers, they become family. They really do. I, I have some st statistics I'd love to share. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. That'd be great. Um, we have over 20 small groups at Desert Breeze. And, and, and I'm not talking about a lot of the classes we offer. We offer classes in theology. We offer classes for, you know, Financial Peace University and conflict and grief share and, and parenting and marriage and the list goes on. Um, I'm just talking about small groups, over 20 of them. And on average, we have about 250 people, 250 of us go weekly on an average to the small groups. Um, and, and this is something that we would, we would love for everyone to be involved in. Have those soldiers around you. And, uh, and really, really important because, like I said, you guys, we know we're going to go through good times. We're going to go through some tough times, too. I think about our small groups now, and I think about small groups that uh, last week had a, had a barbecue, just had a blast. But I also know there's, a, there's small groups right now, one specifically, is going through some serious loss right now. And, uh, and so this is, this is hugely, hugely important. In fact, I, was at, I, I did a funeral this uh, last Friday, and the whole... Everybody in that small group was there to support the family in that. It's pretty amazing, pretty, pretty moving. So what can uh, these folks do that they're not connected to a small group? What can they do? What's the next step? Yeah, uh, the next steps, we kind of got some new school and old school way to get connected in a way. Uh, new school, we have on our website. If you go to the Desert Breeze website, there's tabs across the top. And I think one of the first two tabs, it's called Ministries. You click on it, the first thing that will come up is called Next Steps. And it has the five G's listed out there, and it, it explains them. And key words in that, like uh, it'll say, join a small group. You just click on the word. It'll take you right there, and you get connected that way. Or you can go old school and uh, grab the card that's in the chair in front of you and fill it out just to let us know. Man, I'd love to get connected. 
can you connect with me? And also we have information out in the lobby too where you can do that. And, and, and this too, this is, this is what I'm excited about, is let's be honest, getting connected in a small group can be a little weird sometimes, okay? It, it can be a little awkward and tough. But we at Desiree's, we, we want that to be as easy as possible. And so what we're doing is we're going to do a connection party on September 7th. It's Sunday at 5.30 p.m. And we want to invite you. If you are not in a small group, you're thinking about, man, even just want to check it out and ask questions. Or maybe you haven't been in a small group in a long time. This would be a great opportunity to come connect. And what we're going to do, one thing we're going to do is we're going to have the ice cream championship of the world. Yes. So that's, that's hugely important. Oh, that's yeah. Um, the pastors uh, are going to make their own homemade ice cream and pick a flavor, make that, and then we want you guys to vote on who's the best. And I'm not, you know, trying to say who would be the best or anything like that, but it's really important that you vote for who really is the best. And, uh, and, and but we'll have, we'll have fun and, you know, that pastor will win the championship, ice cream championship of the world. But... Uh, what we really want to do is we want to connect you with a small group too. And it's going to be fun. It's going to be casual. And you'll get an opportunity to meet a few of the small groups. Um, meet their leaders. Ask them questions. Hear about what their small group's about. And then you can decide, yeah, I think I want to go visit that group. And, and just connect in that way. A very casual, easy way to do so. And so um, we have uh, this in your bulletin, if you guys would. Grab this. Pull this out. You can do it right now. And, and fill this out. And say, yeah, I want to attend. Give us uh, a little bit of information about you. And, or I, can't, I cannot attend, but I would love to be contacted. Take this, fill it out, and drop you, it in the giving box. Do you want everybody to fill this out? Or? I would love for everyone, everybody? yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. We Absolutely. won't let you out of here unless you fill this out. That's right. Security. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, I like right. that. That's right. So. Right on. Hey, so what if I want to be a leader? Or host oh, yeah. a small group. Absolutely. I'm glad you asked that. Uh, uh, we, would, we would love everyone to be in a small group, but we, we do need, we need hosts. We, we need leaders. If you're interested in doing that, let us know. We have a class called SLAM, Servant Leadership and Mentoring, and we want to come alongside you, help you be, become a leader if that's what you wish to do. Uh, we, we would love that. So, right well, yeah, contact us. Good stuff. Thanks, Darren. Right. Let's Thank give him a hand. Right on. Good stuff. I'm going to bring him back up because he's going to talk a little bit more as we head to missions. So we got genuine, and then we've got growing, and then we've got, what's the third G? It's giving. Yeah, absolutely. So you're going to see they're progressive, they're interrelated. This is what happens to our lives. We are genuine, growing, we are giving, commitment to using my time, talents, and treasures to build up my church family. First Peter 4.10 says, God has gifted you to be a minister of his grace. Think about that. You minister the grace of God. What an amazing gift. We have something to give to people. 1 Corinthians 12, 5 and 27 says there are many, there are different kinds of service to God. Together we form the body of Christ and each one of us is a necessary part. People often ask me, how many ministers do you have at Desert Breeze? And I say, well, right now I think we have about 1,200, maybe more than that, about 1,200 ministers. See, I'm not a minister, I'm the administer along with Darren. We're here to equip the saints for the works of ministry. You're the ministers. We all together are, are you're, you're involved in ministry. When you committed your life to Jesus, immediately he identified you as one of his ministers. And so, um, what will be the contribution of my life? That's the question it answers. What will be the contribution of my life? The key biblical word is ministry. So time and talents 
this also involves you know, discovering, developing, and deploying your unique, one-of-a-kind, original shape. We take you through the game of life and help you to identify that. We use the acronym SHAPE, spiritual gift, heart, H is for heart, A, abilities, P, personality, E, experiences. God wants to use that to make an impact in other people's lives to build up his church so that the church can be more effective in reaching into the community. Really, really important. We talk about also treasures, our finances. We teach a 10-10-80 kind of a principle here. When you get paid, you give 10% to God, and then you give yourself 10% and you live on 80 and uh, David Ramsey, and we take people through that process, that's just a start. Uh, many of you are going way beyond that now as God continues to bless you. We talk about tithes, we talk about offerings. Offerings is giving over and above that. We'll, give you, we'll talk a little bit about some opportunities for that. And then alms, alms is giving to the poor. When those opportunities in your small group, somebody's in need, you can help them out because you have those resources. Here's the most important thing is though, the Bible, when it talks about uh, giving, genuine growing, giving, natural response, the two best chapters in the New Testament on giving is found in 2 Corinthians chapters 8 and 9. And in that context is where we have the definition of grace. For you know the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor, so that through his poverty we might become rich. And in that context, he's saying, man, do you have any idea what you have in Jesus? Of course you're going to naturally give as a result of that. That will be your motive. And so it uses language like giving faithfully, generously, cheerfully. God loves what kind of a giver? A cheerful, hilarious, literally. That's, that, that's what the Greek word means. It's just like, yeah, I'm looking for an opportunity to give because of what Christ has done for me. And, and, and of course, uh, not just a, uh, a cheerful giver, but also an expectant, an expectant giver, knowing that God is going to bless you. Turn to the person next to you and see if they can answer this question. Why is the Dead Sea a dead sea. Turn to him real quick and ask them that question. Okay, how many are familiar with the two major bodies of water? There's a number of, but the, the two that I'm talking about are the Sea of Galilee, which is vibrant and alive, and the Dead Sea, which is dead, thus its name. Why is the Dead Sea the Dead Sea? If you were saying something like, because it has inlets without any what? Outlets, yeah. You're going to be dead spiritually if you're not giving out of the overflow of what God's giving to you. Man, get involved in ministry. I... I I'll tell you, I get ministered more to by being up here week in and week out and ministering to others than I know that I minister to them and to you folks. I'm ministered to. As I do this, as I get it, the more I've gotten involved in ministry and the more I've served God, God has touched my life amazingly. And that's part of this whole process. There's no shortage of opportunities to get involved here in, in, in ministry here at Desert Breeze. I mean, just look around here on weekend services. We need cleaning and maintenance team. That's part of that. Music and media. Guys back here always needing help there. Security. Uh, Josh was telling me we need about 15 more people once or twice a month for our weekend services security. That's important to watch our cars. When we were at 17th Avenue Bell Road, we had cars getting broken into uh, 
almost too regularly, and so we had to really start watching those things. We're, we want to protect our kids. We want to protect everything about this campus, so that's all part of that. Children's ministry, infants and toddlers, we're busting at the seams over there. Uh, Pastor Kevin was telling us we need uh, about five in uh, infants and toddlers, preschool, we need three, elementary, we need 12 because he's kicking off a Wednesday night program where he's going to need eight there and then we need four for the weekend service, primarily a second service. Of course, you've got VBS camps, fall festival, Christmas programs. Our high school, high school's doing a fantastic job. They're in, typically in this service with us. He, he told me, Ryan... And, and uh, they, he told me that they need three guys, two gals, once or twice a week. Cafe to make those handcrafted drinks. We could use some help there. And, uh, and, and, and the list goes on. So that's genuine, growing, giving. What's the fourth G? Going, going. Commitment to sharing my faith and spreading the gospel to the world. Acts 1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. Literally, the word witness is martyr. You'll be willing to give your life for Christ for the sake of others hearing the gospel message. Matthew 28.19, go and make disciples of all nations. See, to find a balanced church, a balanced church is a healthy church. We want to be a balanced church. We just don't want to bring people in. We want to build them up, equip them for ministry, send them back out. That's, that, that's the four G's right there. We want to bring them in, genuine, build them up. That's growing. Equip them for ministry. That's giving. Send them back out. That's going. You see, that, that's a balanced church. I see churches all the time. They bring them in, but they don't know what to do with them. They're not discipling. They've got converts, but they're not making disciples. We don't want to be there. We want to make disciples. We want to help people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. And so that's, that's part of that, that all for God's glory. What will be the communication of my life? That's the question it answers, and the key biblical word is evangelism. Once you've tasted of the greatness and goodness of God, you can't help but want everyone you care about to experience it also. I'm going to invite Darren back up, and he's going to share with us a little bit about our missions. Where's Mr. Darren? There you are, dude. Hello again. Yes. He is one handsome guy. It's a haircut. Yeah, it is. <laughs> hey, uh, yeah, I get the opportunity to share with you guys just a quick update. I'm sure many of you are wondering, okay, what's going on with uh, outreach and missions? And uh, a quick update is that uh, we got a lot going on with outreach. Let me just... Uh, share a couple. In the first half of the year, we have the Crisis Pregnancy Center where we do the baby bottle drive. A lot of uh, support for them. And I know this too, that a number of you go and donate your time there. And that's, that's incredible. We also had the water drive. We had four pallets of water taken down to the Phoenix Rescue Mission, helping the homeless. Uh, we also have uh, two different separate groups from Desert Breeze that go down there, small groups of people that go down there and help serve food on one, one, uh, one day a month. And then there's another group that goes down there and holds service and, and does that at the Phoenix Rescue Mission. We also, the second half of the year, we have things like the school supply drive that you guys all pitched in, and it's incredible to watch. We, we know at the school, they'd love to have tutors go down there and, and help with the kids. We, uh, we have the Paint-a-thon coming up. It's, it's incredible to see this. We've been doing this for a while now, where we have anywhere between 40 and 80 people from Desert Breeze show up to someone who needs help and just paint their house. That's overwhelming for them and really, really amazing to see. And so we just got a lot of things going on. That's the second half of the year. We also have a lot of things going on with missions. In missions, we're gonna head down to Mexico, to the orphanage in Mexico in a couple weeks. And you know, they deal with 
kids, girls that have been sex trafficked and things like that in the orphanage. And, and uh, it's just great to go down there and, and help them in, in any way we can. And that's coming up real soon. And if you guys want to support that, they're, they're, they asked, we, we went down there and talked to them and they asked for uh, backpacks. They asked for lightly used kid shoes. They asked for things like that. And, uh, and something dear to my heart, they asked for a backboard and a hoop. So um, th- uh, just a great opportunity. If you want to pitch in, we're going to have a car wash uh, at Freddy's Steak Burgers on, yes. uh, on Saturday. Steak Burger. There yes. we go. Steak yeah, Steak Burgers. Yeah. You're, you're, you're trying to distract me. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. You distracted me. But hey, it's steak, so okay. it's yeah. worth it. That's okay. Um, but yeah, we have the car wash going on Saturday. And from 10 a.m. to 2, it's in your bulletin. We'd love for you to come support that if you, if you guys would. So a lot of going on missions. I'd love to talk about the coffee bar for a second. You guys? Yes, yes. <laughs> Woo! Praise God. Coffee and steak. Uh, the coffee bar, last quarter we had over $4,000 profit come out of the coffee bar. And that goes almost every penny of it going to missions worldwide and uh, a little bit going to outreach here locally. Uh, we, that, uh, not on top of that, we had s- several grand just given by you guys, just given towards missions. And, and we, don't, we honestly, I don't, I don't even know, a lot of you guys just give directly to them. And that's, that's really, really great. But just think about that. Over $1,300 every month in profit coming from that and going, right going towards that. Yep. What's this picture up here on the big screen? Yeah, we, uh, one, of, one of the missions we do is in Kenya, Africa. And so as you guys can see, the, your lattes turn into steak. Steak? Yes. Yeah, so what we've, what the, the men's ministry, Brothers and Burritos, um, the men's ministry... What they did is they got together and said, hey, we want to buy a cow for them in the orphanage in Kenya. And, and they did. They, they pitched in. The men took care of that. And that's breezy. And then from the coffee shop, we were able to buy the first cow. And its name is Espresso. And um, I'm not a big coffee drinker. So anytime coffee turns into steak, I think it's a great thing. I love steak. <laughs> I think it's milk. Um, you know what we should do is we should buy them a barbecue. <laughs> no, that's mean. I'm, no, that I'm kidding. Pretend I didn't say that. Um, so, but man, it's just neat to see those lattes turn into that. And, and what's really neat is that it produces 40 liters of milk every day, which is enough to feed all the kids in the orphanage, and they're able to sell it to those around and make some money on that. And I know another family from Desert Breeze bought another cow just recently, and that's on, that's on the way. So it's just, it's really, really neat to see what, what is going on here. Uh, really, what we're doing... You guys, this is what we're asking. We are asking you as soldiers to gather together, to grow, to train. But here's what we're asking. We're asking you as soldiers to go pick a fight. We want you to pick a fight. You know what I mean. I'm not saying like we're going to go out and start calling people idiots and you know, stuff <laughs> like that. Uh, we want to pick a battle. We want to fight to delight in God. And when you begin to delight in him, the key things in doing that is being genuine, growing, giving, and going. And that's what we're asking you to do. Pick a, pick a fight as soldiers. I mean, you can train and train and train and train, but sometime you've got to go pick a battle. Find something and say, I want to pitch in there, and I want to do that, and I'm going to bring some soldiers with me. So that's what we're asking. So they can give over and above. Uh, they've got Darien Move here on the this. There's also missions, so they can give through us, and then we dispense mm-hmm. it. Or they can go to these websites, uh, the Patrick's or 
Tala Kenya, yeah. and also get updated through them and through their website and through their new le- newsletters, and that's how they can be involved. In yeah. yeah, we, we strongly know. encourage you just to go give directly to them and, and sign up for their newsletter and just hear what's going on there. So. Right on. And you got a video here? Yeah, I'd love to take off by showing you just a one, quick one-minute video from uh, Kenya. They want to say hi. Thanks, man. Hi, welcome to Mission Moment. Finally, we have our two cows, and thank you so much, Desert Breeze, for providing the funds to do so. This is uh, Breezy, and the one over there is Espresso. Both picked names by Desert Breeze staff. Uh, Right now, we're getting probably about uh, maybe 10 liters of milk to 12 liters of milk. Uh, We're hoping that we can get that up higher. And once we get that, we're going to look at another cow. So we appreciate what you've done, and uh, we just thank you for your support. God bless you. Mungu akabariki, as we say in Kenya, and we'll see you later. Bye-bye. That's good, huh? Woo-hoo! You guys are doing a great job. Keep up the good work. So we got genuine growing, giving, going, all for God's glory, glorifying Christian commitment to... These five or these four G's, all for God's glory. What will be the chief end of my life? That's the question it answers. And the key biblical word is worship. Um, if you come to Desert Breeze, you get to know me, get to know a few folks, and then you leave here and you forget about us, no big deal. But if you come here and get to know Jesus and forget about him, that's a big deal. It's really a big deal. You're going to lose everything. That's our heart. More, more than anything, we want you to connect with him. We want you to follow him. We want you to become fully devoted to him. You were created by God, for God, to give glory to God. God is most glorified in us when we're most satisfied in him. We want to help you to find your full satisfaction in him. And uh, by living for his glory, by walking with him, living his word, contributing to his work, making an impact in this world, we want to bring people in build them up, equip them for ministry, send them back out. That's, that's our mission. That's our vision. We want to do more and more of that. And uh, here's the last point on your notes. It's the only appropriate response to Christ completely giving himself for you is for you to completely live your life for him. So my question for you, and we're going to take communion here this morning. And communion is a very sacred time for those of us that are followers of Christ It basically says he gave his life for us so that we can live this fullness of life, and that's what we celebrate. So as you you come forward and take communion, I'm asking you, what is your next step? What is your next step in becoming a fully devoted follower of Christ? Maybe it's just becoming a genuine Christian, commitment to Christ and to a local church family. Maybe it's growing, reading your Bible, praying, getting plugged into a small group. Maybe it's getting involved in ministry. Maybe that's what God's speaking to you. Or maybe it's being more aggressive with the people within your circle of influence and touch, just sharing your faith more aggressively and inviting them to church. What is God speaking to you? As you, uh, as you come forward, I would invite you to kind of reflect on that. You come forward and take one of these breadcrumbs that represent his broken body and then his shed blood and we commemorate and celebrate all that he's done for us. Let me pray. God, thank you so much for the life that we have through your son, Jesus. It is an amazing life. We want to be fully devoted to you in every way. 
We want to live our lives for you. We want to, want to put you on display. In all that we say and do, whether we eat or drink, whatever we do, may we do it for your glory. And God, we know the best way to do that is for us to find our deepest satisfaction in you. Help us to do that, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. By the way, next week when you come back, we're going to continue through First, uh, First Peter, and we're going to talk Marriage 101. Marriage 101. This is for both couples and singles. There'll be something there for all of us. So that's what we're going to talk about next week. God bless you. Just kind of take some moments, reflect as you've done this, then you can feel free to exit when you're ready to, but do that quietly, please. God bless you.